Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I had some prophetic words for our, our whole congregation, actually, at two in the morning. Thank you, Lord. Wasn't that fun? But I just want to get straight into it tonight. I don't want to mess around. I want to let God do what He's going to do. I know He's going to do something incredible tonight. And I don't know about you, but I don't come to church to just say I went to church. Full honesty, is anyone here that came tonight just because you wanted to see your friends? Honest, honest. I've been to church sometimes and I want to see my friends. Oh, Dr. Matt, that's good. You love people. Sometimes you just need to go to church to see your friends. Sometimes you're like, I just need to see my friends. But not only that tonight, you're going to get a touch from heaven. Things are going to transform in your life. God is going to show up in your life. It's not the same old day, just another thing, same old church service, just another church service. No, you guys fought traffic to get here. You fed your kids dinner. You brought your kids. You got them here without dinner. Who knows? You made it here. And I can see the rest of the Rex fans didn't make it here. Hence all the empty seats. We were standing room only last week. What the heck happened to them? Those are the friends you need to be calling out. Okay, I'm like, I, I was gonna try to be so serious tonight, but I can already tell I'm not that serious. But this message has been on my heart and brewing for about a month now, so it's gonna be amazing. I know God wants me to get to the message, but the, the prophetic words that two in the morning, if I'm gonna wake up at two in the morning for anything, ask my husband, and God's gonna give me a word, then I'm gonna give it to you, okay? So first things first. God showed me all across our congregation, all across our church, that there's people that feel like puppets. I actually, I saw it and I was, my eyes were closed. I was trying so hard to go back to sleep. Please God, I don't wanna be awake right now. Please, 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 please. And he just kept showing me all these pictures of this night right here. And that there are people in this room that feel like puppet strings, like you have puppet strings tied to you. That you're being controlled by somebody or something and you don't know what it is. And I wanna let you know tonight that that can be cut off, that that is not of God, that you are free, that you can be set and free by Jesus Christ. He went to the cross to die on the cross, died on the cross for our sins so that we can be set free. So if there's anyone here tonight that feels that, please, tonight's not the night to be shy. Tonight's not the night to be shy. Please lift your hands. If you feel like that, you feel like you're on a puppet string, I claim in the name of Jesus, that these bondages all across this place, as my hand cuts through the atmosphere right now, I command freedom in name of Jesus. I command devils and demons, the whispers of the enemy would be shut in the name of Jesus. I bind and cancel the power of the devil, the power of Satan. Not today, devil. You will not mess with Christians. You will not mess with believers. You will not mess with people who love Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we cut and bind and cancel those strings right now. Those strings are cut. I take scissors from heaven and I cut. 
I cut the spirit of control. I cut the spirit of Jezebel. I cut the spirit of manipulation. I cut the spirit of anxiety and depression. And I thank you, Lord, that your children, your sons and daughters are set free in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Second, second thing God showed me is this long tube. And there's some of you here that literally feel like you've been trying to speak into this tube so that someone would flipping hear you. You're like, why is nobody hearing what I'm saying? And you have this tube and it's like, because it makes your voice louder. You have this tube there and in every hope and desperation that someone would hear you. I want you to lift your hand if that's you tonight. Thank you. God's presence is here, already healing people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for every person that was bold and courageous to lift their hand in this moment. I thank you, Lord, that that, that, that tube is only a tool, that that tube is not a thing that is needed for every person here that has a voice, that you've given them a voice, that you've given them, the, the, your voice is a tool that can access the power of God. When we speak, that we can command things to leave our life, that when we speak, we can speak heavenly things to come into our life. I command the enemy's control and power to be gone over the people who feel like their voice has been silenced. I pray that their voices are set free, that when they pray, that things would happen. When the word of God comes from their mouth, that things would shift, that when they speak, that the atmospheres would shift, that when they talk in their homes, in their workplaces, in their, in their marriages, that when they speak to each other, that they are heard. I thank you, Lord, that these tubes would be gone in Jesus' name and that we do not need those tubes to get our voice to be heard in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. The next one's a little bit interactive. And again, tonight's not the night to be shy. If anyone's here believing for a supernatural pregnancy, I want you to lift your hand. I face this myself. And if I was, stop it, Matt Hubbard. If I was sitting in your place and I was trying to get pregnant, I'd be raising my hand. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for those who are bold enough. Okay. This is interactive. Who here has experienced supernatural pregnancy? I know Rachel Finn has. I know, there, I know there's a handful of people. I want anyone here who has experienced supernatural pregnancy, that your children are miracles from heaven, that the doctors told you it was impossible, surround these ladies that are believing for supernatural pregnancies. Surround them. Build up your faith. Speak in tongues. Battle on their behalf. As I pray, thank you, Lord, right now. I thank you, God, for the ladies that are believing for babies. I command every cell, organ, and tissue in their bodies to work the way that you created them to function. I command their bodies to come into alignment with your plans, your purposes, and your will. I thank you, Lord, that they will bear fruit for your kingdom. I thank you, Lord, for supernatural pregnancies across this place. We believe that in nine months, we will be full of this auditorium with babies for every hand lifted that there is a supernatural child at least one i see that someone in here will have twins i'm going to look around and see if i can identify who it is someone in this room will have twins you've been praying for twins i'm not going to guess i'm going to wait on god thank you jesus thank you lord is there 
a woman up there in a blue dress? Were you praying or believing for babies? I can't hear. Praying for babies. Praying for people. Okay. Thank you. You're so beautiful. Okay. You're so beautiful. Oh, for your daughter. She's standing for a miracle. Amen. Are you standing for a miracle for twins for somebody? For what God has. Okay, good. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Praise God. Okay, one last one. I'm only doing this because, like, I feel like if I was in this service and someone did this, I'd be like, that's so weird. Why did they do that? But God said. Okay, this is weird. But God said at 2 a.m., so I'm going to hold him to what he said. There's some people in here that are very concerned about your hair. I know it's okay that God, God has a sense of humor. And I don't mean this in like a shallow, weird way. Like you actually, no, it's not you, Eric. You're, if you're bald, it's not you. Like you're, you're seriously like men and women, like you're seriously like it causes you anxiety, like you're worried about your hair. Sammy, okay, thank you. What I want you to do, this is what God showed me last night, is put your hands on your head and pray. We're gonna stand in agreement that God cares about everything. God cares about the smallest thing. And look, there are so many of you with your hands on your head. God cares about these things. And, and if he cares about it, then we can care about it. I thank you, Lord, right now that the follicles on the people's heads that have been shut would be open. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we age gracefully. Lord, I thank you that there is no stress, worry, or anxiety that would take hairs off of our head. I thank you, Lord. It sounds so funny, but I know. Thank you, Lord, as we touch our own heads and and we become vulnerable. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing miracles even in places we never thought you could. I thank you, Jesus for your hand upon us as we place our hands on our head. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. God, thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. (laughs) You know, like people got their eyes spat in and stuff to get healed. So the Bible was true then, it's true today. And if you gotta put your hands on and pray for your hair to grow back, then, then you gotta do what you gotta do, people. All right. I told you we were going full send, Pastor Samuel. Full send. All right. So, like I said, this message has been brewing in my spirit for a couple weeks because something happened. And every time I preach, I'm like, what's God trying to say? And so I must have signed up for something. I must have engaged or enrolled in some sort of marketing scheme because all of a sudden I was getting spam calls. Spam calls nonstop. And literally every 20 minutes, if you have a picture of my screenshot of my iPhone that the media team can show you to prove to you that pretty much every 10 to 15, 20 minutes, I was getting a phone call to my phone that said spam risk. And so I went on this journey. And I'm like, first, I'm like, delete, hang up, click, no, I'm not answering. And then after two or three days of this, 
I'm like, I'm going to answer. Who is trying to spam me? Who gave my phone number away? What the heck? And so I answered it, and nobody was there. And I heard that there was this, this trickster thing going on where they would say, is this Michaela Hubbard? And when you say yes, they record your yes, and it signs you up for all these other things. And so one time I answered it, and I said, they said, is this Michaela Hubbard? It sounded like a robot. I said yes. And then I instantly got super scared that I just got enrolled in, like, the world's biggest marketing scheme ever. So I started thinking about that on my journey of getting these spam calls. And I'm like, at first I was so strong. I'm like, I'm not going to answer. So strong. And delete. And I'm like, with the attitude, like it made any difference. I'm like, no. And I was so strong. And then after call, after call, after call, I started getting curious. And then I answered and nothing was there. And then I kept getting call after call after call. And I started thinking, how often do we as Christians get temptation, we get words from the enemy, we get try to be manipulated by the enemy, and we're so strong at first, and then we're curious. And then we start to play around with it, and we start to get sucked in. And all of a sudden, we are sucked into the world's largest marketing scheme ever made, which is called the lies from the devil. And so the title of this message is called Spam Risk. Spam Risk. Did you guys ever get to see the screenshot? Did it come up? Oh, that's mine. That's my phone. That's my screenshot. So see, Uncle Mark's not spam. One person called me that wasn't spam. (laughs) So it hit me as clear as day that I had a choice in that moment to make. Was I going to let these spam calls infiltrate and the words that they were trying to do and the plans that they were trying to do, am I gonna let that infiltrate my life? And the answer is no. The answer is not today, devil. And as we've entered this season of, of taking territory and a lot of people are taking territory in their lives and what I've noticed is people are so strong to, to start They're so strong. They're so bold. They're so courageous. They're going after that healing, going after that job opportunity, going after that business idea. And then all of a sudden, you get worn out. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're like, wait, maybe God didn't say. Wait, maybe I didn't hear right. Wait, maybe I don't want to do this. Wait, maybe I should back off. And then we start to get defeated. And it it is clear in the Bible. In Luke 10, 19, it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. I mean, all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you is very clear. All the power, we have territory, we have power, we can take dominion over all the power of the enemy, and we can take all the territory. So tonight, we're gonna regain some territory. We're gonna regain some territory. Some of you came into this place knowing that you lost territory, and some of you came into this place thinking you didn't, but you're going to find out that you did, and then you're going to gain it back. And we're all susceptible to this. The enemy doesn't play fair. Anybody can, can get tempted by the enemy. Anybody, that's why we have those Not Today Satan t-shirts, Not Today Devil t-shirts, just to remind everybody. Like, I saw that, and I'm like, how prophetic is that? Not Today Devil for tonight. 
But I had a dream that, that the Lord reminded me of, and it was literally like 15 years ago. I've never shared about this, but the Lord reminded me of it for this message tonight. I had a dream, and I was sleeping. In my dream, I was sleeping. And I, there was an intruder trying to get into my house. And this intruder went to every single access point, every window, every door, and everything was locked up. Everything was buttoned up tight because I'm that type of person. Everything was buttoned up tight except there was a back door. In the backyard, there was a back door. And that door was unlocked. And I heard the Lord tell me that there's people in our church, in our congregations tonight in this service, that have left your back door unlocked. And you've given the intruder the access point to get into your life. And tonight, we're going to take that door, and we're going to shut it really strong, and we're going to lock it, and we're going to tell the enemy that he's not allowed to wreak havoc in any area of our lives. God has given us the authority. See, does anybody have uh, electricity here in your house? Thank you. If you don't, please tell me how. I know you might have solar and all those cool things, but everybody has electricity. Everybody has electricity in their home. Does that mean that we actually own the electrical company? No, I wish we did. We'd be billionaires and we'd have like a million churches and we'd be raiding the world. However, we don't. But what we do have power access to is the flick light. So we literally can access the power in our homes, access the electricity in our homes at any time. Anytime we want to turn on the light, we can turn it on. Anytime we want to turn in the air conditioner, we can turn it on. Right? That's exactly how the Holy Spirit power of God works. The Holy Spirit power of God, when you become a Christian, you have access to the power in heaven that the, that the enemy has no access to. And we can literally flick on the light and turn on the power and access something that will bring heaven to earth, that will bring healing, that will bring breakthrough in our finances, breakthrough in our relationships, and it's called the Holy Spirit. So tonight I want to really lean into what areas that the enemy has stolen and lean into the power that God has given us in order to take it back. I want to tell you tonight that you don't have to tolerate what the enemy has stolen. Because of the power of God that lives on the inside of us, we can regain territory that we either mistakenly or purposely gave away that was not meant to be given away. See, in, in the electrical world, I did some research, there are conductors and there's insulators. And we are called to be conductors. Conductors are the ones who bring the power, who make the power happen, who transfer the power. Insulators actually stop the power. And some of us tonight need to switch over to being a conductor of God's power rather than an insulator of God's power. Conductors... Pretty interesting. Conductors are copper, aluminum, gold, and silver. Those are the things we want to be. Insulators are glass, plastic, rubber, and wood. Boring. <laughs> Boring. We want to be conductors of God's power to bring heaven to earth. And I firmly believe that it is our responsibility as believers to do this. It's our responsibility if we're not being conductors of God's power we are failing on God's calling here on earth, God's calling for our lives here on earth. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works 
in us. There's a power that works in us. When we say, I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a power that works in us that literally the Lord can do anything we ask, anything that we imagine, anything that we believe for that the Lord can do. See, I'm telling you that having faith is actually not for the faint at heart. When we become a believer, we become a Christian, we have access to this power. It's actually a, almost a humbling thing. It's something that we have to hold so lightly, so dearly, that we have to be humbled by the power that God's given us. We need to be held responsible to the power that God's given us. I don't like when I hear the statement, being a Christian makes you weak. Oh my gosh, what? Are you kidding me? No, it does not make you weak. It makes you strong. It actually makes you be able to fight the good fight of faith. I believe it's quite the contrary. Being a Christian doesn't make you weak, but being a weak Christian is something that we are all in danger of. I'm going to say it again. Being a Christian doesn't make us weak, but being a weak Christian is something we're all in danger of. And God has not called us to be a weak Christian. God has not called us to stumble through life, wondering what we're doing without purpose, stumble through life under the curse of our generations, stumbling through life, doing the same pattern our parents did just because they did it and that's all we know, stumbling through life with curses over us, stumbling through life with poverty mentality. God has not called us to stumble through life. God has called us to take dominion, take territory and have power in every single area. Ephesians 6, 16 says this. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith. If, if we needed a shield of faith, then how would, it, how would it constitute weakness? If we needed a shield to protect us from the darts of the enemy, that, that means you have strength to hold a shield. Take up the shield of faith, which, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. If there's a devil out there that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy our life, then why are we putting our shield down and just saying, oh, well, devil took that, just going to not worry about it. Oh, well, must have not been, been God's plan. No, we are meant to fight. We are called to fight against the enemy. We are called to submit to God and resist the devil. And trust me, ask my husband. I just can't stand it when people say it's always the devil's fault. Like, I'm not that type of person. I'm not the type of person to go, oh, my gosh, my life sucks again. The devil did this. The devil did that. No, take responsibility. You have power over the devil. If you're not happy with something that the devil did, maybe he did it, maybe he didn't, then take some power and authority over it. Take some territory back. It's our responsibility. God has placed this responsibility in our hands and our hearts and given us purpose on earth to see kingdom, heaven, the kingdom of heaven come to earth. See, there was a situation uh, a couple months ago that we, well, we've been going through a situation, let's just say, for a few months now. And it all kind of came to a head when we got a letter from an attorney. And those are always fun. And I'm not going to go into a lot of details because this is probably recorded. But um, we got the letter from the attorney. And I, I can't stand here and honestly say to you that it didn't frighten me to every bit of my core. I can't tell you that I didn't have thoughts that my whole life was ruined. I couldn't tell you that I instantly went to bind the devil, curse the enemy. No, I didn't go straight to fighting against the enemy. I went to fear. 
but I recognized it within like three minutes. I'm so proud of myself. I've gone from like 30 minutes to three minutes. <laughs> I'll get to three seconds next time. You weren't even there. You don't even know this story. <laughs> but I read this 38-page attorney letter, and I'm flicking through it, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, getting nervous, getting scared. That's not even true. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever's going to happen. All the thoughts in my head for three minutes. And then I literally got up because I think I was sitting down, and I was like, I'm going to pray. I'm going to bind this. I'm done. This is not happening. And I literally shred that freaking letter into pieces with my words, and I commanded that thing to be gone in Jesus' name. And I commanded the power of the enemy to be gone, and I cursed fear, and I came against the tormenting, fiery darts of the enemy. And I'm not going to tell you that everything's physically changed, but I have faith, and I can stand from a place of faith now. I can stand not from a place of fear, wondering what will happen. I know God's going to take care of us. I know that God has a plan and a purpose. I can fight the enemy from the power that's on the inside of me. I can come against his plans. I can cancel and bind those words. I can cancel the spirit that is behind that lawsuit. Anything that comes against you, you have to wonder what's the spirit behind it that's coming against you. Oftentimes, it's not even the person. Oftentimes, it's not even the actual circumstance that you're staring at with your own two eyes. Most of the time, it's the spirit. Most of the time, you are up against the spirit because the Bible says that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities and powers of darkness. And what does darkness not like? Light. So we need to pray from a place of light, from a place of knowing our authority in Christ, from a place of knowing that God has our back, from a place of faith, and take that shield of faith and make those fiery darts bounce off of you. Amen? All right. So with this great power comes great responsibility. Luke 12, 48 says this, from, en from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has in been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So if you have been given the access to the power of God, Let's take responsibility for it. So I want to go through a few areas, and I'm talking really fast because I drank a spark before I came up here. And I want to get through all the points. Okay, so number one, we need to take responsibility for the power that God's given us. Number one, over yourself. Over me, me over me, and you over you. Take responsibility over yourself. Did you know the circumstances in your life don't have power over you? And this is something, honestly, like it's not popular preaching. It's not all fuzzy and nice like what you want to hear. But God has given each and every one of us free will. God lets us make choices for our own life. Things happen and life happens. What we have complete power over, complete responsibility over, is how we respond. How do we respond when crap hits the fan? How do we respond when our spouse goes off on us? How do we, and I can't say I'm perfect in this. Trust me. Trust me. Can't say I'm perfect. But how often do we actually get in the way of our own selves 
because of our own choices. How often do we want to do the right thing, but those feelings inside make us, but they don't make you. Those feelings inside lead us astray from doing the right thing. And I want to tell you tonight that you can do it afraid. You can do something scary and do it afraid. You can do something that hurts. You can forgive somebody even when it hurts. You can go to something because you said yes, that you would go to it even when you don't want to. Even when one of your kids have the sniffles and you have a great excuse to not go, you can still go. Every single thing that you make a choice on is your responsibility. Every single thing. And to prove it, Psalm 81, 11 says this, but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts. Sometimes God's going, well, you know what? You know the right thing to do, but well, just have at it. You know? If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Has anyone here ever played a game where there's no rules? <laughs> I mean, there might be a game out there where there's no rules. But games are created and meant to have fun to bring joy to our life. But there's rules, and usually the person that follows the rules the best and knows the game the best wins. I mean, it's black and white, easy as pie, in my opinion. There is no game without rules. So God gives us a set of rules that he expects us to follow because he's given us the responsibility as believers to create fruit in our life because he knows better than we do. And when we step outside of those rules and those suggestions, highly, highly suggested recommendations from the Bible, um, when we step outside of those, then we have to take responsibility for it. So we have the power, we have the dominion over ourselves, over our feelings, over our emotions, and we can act not according to those things, and we can act according to the word of God. Amen? Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this. Today I have given you the choice. The choice, we each have the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. I want my descendants to live. I want my kids to have fruitful, amazing lives. I want them to be able to make wise choices. And sometimes I make choices I don't want to make just so that my kids can see me do that. Just so that my own children can witness me do that. We have to submit to God's ways, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen. Number two, moving quickly. Number two. We have the power over our thoughts. What do you think about that? Take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Listen, our minds are so powerful. They're more powerful than I think we give it credit to. It's like God gives us this power in our mouth and in our minds, and then we just let these things run rampant. We go to bed thinking one thing, and then we wake up thinking the same thing, and we didn't even take control over it, and it was definitely not serving us. Did you know that every single day you have only 7% of your thoughts are new? 
Only 7% of your thoughts are new by default unless you actually train your mind to think a new thought. And that's why my husband created these mind mastery cards, which are amazing. Um, Little plug. And I only say that because I've seen my husband do it in his own life and literally reprogram his brain. And he's, he probably is one of the most controlled person in that area in a good way, like in the way of thoughts. And I hardly ever hear anything negative come out of his mouth because he's trained his thoughts to not think that way. And if honestly, like if you think about how upset you are, don't you just start getting more upset? And the other way around, if you think about how happy you are, like when I'm having such a good time, I literally sit there and think about how happy I am and I get more happy. I'm like, I'm so happy. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And if I'm so angry with someone, I sit there and think about it and I'm like, it gets angrier, right? What you think about expands. What you think about, you bring about. What you focus on expands. Our minds are powerful and we have responsibility over this. We have responsibility over our minds. Take every thought captive. Wake up in the morning, read the word, pray, forgive, repeat. Wake up in the morning, read the word, pray, forgive, repeat. This is a good start. Number three, we have power over what we say. Power over what we say. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You will eat the fruit of what you say. Simple and plain. If you want to be a powerful Christian, one who conducts power, you can't say whatever you want. The tongue is a creative force. And I'm going to tell you that I have learned this lesson on my own a long time ago. My husband, when we first got married, I was really, really angry with him. And um, I couldn't get a hold of him on the phone. I kept calling, calling, calling over and over like probably 45 times. I was like, you know when Pastor Leanne talks about 10% psycho? I think I was like 25% psycho maybe at that point. And didn't have to amen that part. How come I haven't heard you amen all night till that point? <laughs> so some of you may or may not have heard this story, but I can't get a hold of him. I'm trying to like calling, texting. My text messages when we get an argument used to be like this long. Now they're like this long. However, I go, well, fine then. I just wrecked my car anyways. I hope, I know you don't care. I didn't wreck my car. I just lied. I wasn't a pastor yet, people. <laughs> so I'm driving to my nail appointment and I'm like 15 minutes early. I got first world problems over here. My husband won't answer his phone. I need to get my nails done. So I drive my brand new Lexus, first world problems over here, that my husband just bought me down to the nail place. And I'm sitting there, parked, not even doing anything. And I was so tired from this argument. I leaned my seat back to take a little rest because I couldn't handle my life. And this other huge Cadillac, massive bus type car parks right next to me, except on the way into their parking spot, totally sideswipes the whole entire right side of my car. Brand new Lexus. And then my car was wrecked. (laughs) And that was the beginning of the Lord discipling me around the power of my words. Recently, my husband pointed out this scripture to me. (laughs) 
He did it so lovingly. He did it so nice. But I wanted to share it with you tonight because some of you might do this as well. I haven't fully gotten better at it, at it yet because every, how do you know? How many of you know it's a process? You can already see it. Thanks, media team. Spoiler alert. Okay. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. Okay. So I joke around with my husband all the time and I like say things and then I'm like, oh, I was joking and he, he would like get mad at me. And I don't even think he knew this scripture existed until the other day. And then he found it and then he had the full right to rebuke me because now it's in the word of God. He did it really kindly. He did it really kindly. He's like, wow, babe, look at this. This is pretty powerful. But seriously, and, and I'm telling you, this is my journey. Like when we're service leading, you will see us. We will banter. I will joke. Like the other day I said, the Lord will shut the mouths of lions. And like that was joking, but there's always a fine line. Like is, is it really a joke or did you mean it and you just laughed? Or, or is your joke actually cursing somebody and you're trying to play it off as a joke? And I, maybe I'm preaching this to myself tonight. I don't know. But we got to watch the power of our words. The tongue is the smallest muscle in the body, but the strongest, the strongest and can bring the most power into your life if you use it, use it the right way. I remember when I was so scared to do anything, like literally I started serving in DNA. Our church was in the Carmel Valley Middle School and Pastor Mark and Summer asked me to help lead the DNA courses. Well, they didn't know that I was terrified of people. They didn't know that I was terrified to talk. They didn't know that I was like literally in high school when they would ask you to put your top three qualities about yourself on a piece of paper, I would put shy. They didn't know, maybe they knew, but maybe they saw how awesome I could be. They pulled the gold out in me and said, we want you to serve in DNA. And I was so scared. And I was listening to Joyce Meyer one day and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm just gonna start putting prophetic words all over my car, all over my house, all over my living room. So I wrote everywhere, like I think I had post-it notes, and I wrote on my mirror with a marker, the erasable kind, and I said, anointed, anointed prophetic voice to this generation. And I started to just say that. I started to say that over my life, and when I didn't know what to pray, I would just pray in tongues, and I would say that. Powerful prophetic anointed voice to this generation. You know? <laughs> like, I think the first time someone called me up to pray, you know, Pastor Mark met with us, Pastor Summer's husband met with us, and he said, always have a prayer ready, always have a tithe ready, always have communion ready, and I'm like, I'll be in the bathroom for all of those, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> I went up to pray, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for this day. You're so amazing. Amen. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Could you imagine? But but I have discovered over 18 years the power of my voice. And it is an area, it's so clear in the Bible, the tongue has the power. We can use our tongue as a weapon against the enemy. And I feel like that's why that, that prophetic vision that God gave me in the middle of the night with the tube is because the Lord wants our voices to be heard. The Lord wants us to be able to talk to him, to be able to command demons to go, to command people to be healed through the power and the authority that he's given us. And it's through the power of our tongue. Number four, create wealth. So I didn't do this point for anyone in this room, but probably for your friend. So 
Stay tuned and listen. Deuteronomy 18, 18. Again, so clear in the Bible where God has given us power and authority and territory. And it's the area of our finances. It's in the area of creating wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Many Christians don't like it, but I'm like, how could you just take little pieces out of the Bible and not like it? It's not right. For it, it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you're upset about your current finances, you have the power to change it. You have the power to change it. And I'm not here saying that bad things don't happen and, and that some people get in situations and, and things happen. I'm not here to deny the fact that things happen. But what I am here to say is that we cannot negate our God-given right, our God-given authority to take ter- territory in the area of finances. And can you imagine if the box offices were, was getting all of the attention that Barbie was getting as, and, as, Sound of Free, as Barbie was getting for Sound of Freedom? Could you imagine what, how our world would be flipped upside down? Because if the Christians are the ones creating wealth, if the Christians are the ones that are bringing heaven to earth, if the Christians are the ones that are doing what God's called them to do, then we wouldn't even have the opportunity to take our kids to Barbie. And I'm not mad at you if you went to see Barbie. I'll probably take my daughter to see it after I have a really healthy conversation with her. Because our eyes need to be open to things of the world. However, it is our responsibility It's our God-given responsibility to take territory in the area of wealth. And the best way to do this is so simple, is through stewardship, through tithing, through budgeting. So I'm not standing here saying you have to come up with the next IBM company or the next Tesla or anything like that. But if we can capture what God's asked us to do and be obedient to what God's asked us to do, then we will be creating wealth. If we are faithful tithers, if we are stewarding our money well, if we are budgeting, if we are giving to vision builders, then God can do his part if we do our part. If we take responsibility and do our part, then he can do his part. When we are conductors of God's power, we set our finances up to where God can bless us. Amen? All right, coming to a close last point is this. Also, not popular preaching, but we have the power to heal. There's a story in the Bible, and and some people are going to get healed tonight. Some people are going to get set free tonight in all of these areas at the end. I want you to, to actually start preparing your hearts to come forward. If any of these areas, you're like, yeah, I think I've given up some territory in this area. I think I need to do a reset and tell the devil where he belongs. I'm telling you, just the simple act of coming forward and, and recognizing that you've let the enemy into those places that you shouldn't have, that God will see that and God will honor that. God gives us the power to heal. Acts 3, 1 through 8, a story in the Bible. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being in the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. 
And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have give I thee. I think this isn't the NIV version. <laughs> and the name of Jesus Christ, Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. If you notice here, Peter didn't pray for this man. He also didn't ask God to heal him. He said, such as I have, give I thee. Peter wasn't the source of healing. God was the source of healing, but Peter brought the healing. Just like we walk in the bedroom and we can turn on the light, we don't have to call up the company and plead. We don't have to call up the company and say, may I please ask you if, we don't have to call and bang. We turn on the switch. God's given us the power in our hands. God has given us the power to command with our words. God's given us the power to tell the devil where to go. God's given you and I the power to heal. And I feel sad that I've even stood with someone and begged for their healing. I even got rebuked in writing this message going, what am I even doing? Like a whole new way of seeing healing. He, Luke 9, 1 to 2 says this, he called his 12, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Does it say he sent them to ask me if I will heal the sick? God already wants to heal the sick. God's in heaven waiting for us to tell the sick to be healed. God's in heaven waiting for us to use the power and the authority that he's already given us. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're gonna come to a close. We're gonna pray for some people. I'm gonna have the ministry team come forward now. There's some areas that people need breakthrough in. I know, I know for sure there's areas that people came here tonight, maybe one of these five areas, there's more, but for sake of this message, I can only pull out five. But if it's the way you think, the way that you speak, in your finances, if you need healing or you wanna pray for people to get healed, you wanna command people to get healed and stand with them in agreement, then I want you to come forward right now. I wanna pray with you. I wanna stand in the gap for you. I want our church, Awaken Church. We're at Awaken Church, right? Yes, come on. I want us to be believers that are full of the power of God, knowing where we stand knowing the authority that we have, knowing and having the tools to be able to access the power of God. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you on this altar tonight. I remember the time I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was in a meeting just like this. Pastor Tim Hall was probably over at that wall and I was walking towards him to say thank you for tonight and I fell out under the power of God. He didn't even touch me. I literally fell out under the power of God. And there's people in this place that have never been filled with the Holy Spirit and you are missing a major part of your walk with God. 
you're missing the power of God. You're walking through a dark house where the lights need to be flipped on. And I, if there's people that are here that are afraid, that are curious, that are wondering, come to the altar. Break that fear and move. Take action and do what God has called you to do. If everyone can just lift their hands as I come to a close. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving in this place tonight. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that your touch of heaven is in here. I thank you, Lord, that people that want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit would have the courage and the faith to get prayed for, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, with your presence, with your power, that all things are possible, that we can trample on serpents, that we can trample on scorpions, that we can break the power over the enemy, that we can break generational curses, that we can walk in your calling, that we can walk in heaven on earth. I thank you, Lord, that right now people are set free, that there is freedom in this place where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I come against bondages. I come against chains. I break chains that have been holding people back from stepping out. Right now, people feel stuck in their seats. I break the chain that is holding them back from stepping out. I thank you, Lord, that this altar is full of people getting breakthrough tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.